0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Stay with us as Pastor Steve Kramer continues his sermon series today from the Gospel of Mark entitled Jesus Is.
1: Would you like to get to know Jesus better? Well, then stay with us as we continue our sermon series, Jesus Is. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we turn to you this day seeking strength and wisdom to face the trials and challenges of this life. So speak to us through your word, O Lord, for we're ready to listen. Amen.
2: our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are strivee
1: for today is taken from Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him.
2: Jesus loves me, this I know.
1: Yes, Jesus loves me. By the way, he loves you too. I've always loved that little song. It contains such wonderful, simple truths about Jesus. And there's one particular truth in that hymn that's a comfort to me. It says, they are weak, but he is strong. We see that truth being demonstrated today in this passage we read earlier. In case you didn't pick up on it, there's a serious battle going on in this story. Let's look at the text again. After his baptism, we find Jesus heading out into the wilderness. The wilderness in that part of the world is dry, hot, dangerous. It lacks food and water. You never know what wild creatures you might run into out there. This was no Sunday school picnic for Jesus. Why is he there? We're told the Spirit of God has led him there. Jesus is obediently following God's lead. It is kind of a strange turn of events, though, when you think about it. After all, remember that Jesus has just been baptized and has heard those endearing words from his heavenly Father. You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. He's been covered and empowered by God the Spirit. And yet, immediately, Jesus finds himself out in this desolate location. You might be wondering, why does the Spirit have him out there, of all places? It appears then Jesus must walk a road that leads through rough, dangerous places, like we do. He's experiencing the the fullness, of being human. And get this, that stay wasn't for a day or two. Mark tells us it was 40 days. That number reminds us of Moses and the people of Israel. Remember, God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and then led them through the wilderness for 40 years to the land he promised them. We know from the story it wasn't an easy trip by any means. It was filled with dangers and trials and challenges and temptations, but God faithfully provided for them along the way, trying to teach them to trust and obey him. And unfortunately, they were weak and slow learners and not trusting God and rebelling against him again and again, which always led to trouble. If this were the first time you ever read a gospel like Mark, you might wonder, well, will Jesus be able to hold up in all of that, in that dangerous place. Sure, he's a son of God, but he's also a true man. By the way, we're also told of wild animals out there with Jesus. Mark talks about this again. He seems to be telling us that Jesus knows what it's like to experience physical danger. This world is a scary and dangerous place sometimes. We're told as well that Jesus faced a different kind of danger out there, spiritual danger. For 40 days, he was being tempted by Satan. The conflict was on. He's under attack. The devil was out to throw a wrench into the mission of Jesus, to get him to disobey his father's plans for him, to knock him off track and perhaps even to get him to give up. I know some people question if there really is a devil. They wonder, is this kind of thinking and talk a vestige from ancient times? Aren't we more sophisticated and smart than to buy into that now? Well, I firmly believe that there is a personal devil who's out to destroy every one of us and keep us from God, and to not believe in his existence is dangerous to your welfare. Why do I think he's for real? First of all, because Jesus did. So why wouldn't I? Jesus obviously experienced the reality, or he wouldn't have shared this story with the disciples or taught them of how dangerous Satan is. Peter believed in him. He knew from experience and warned other believers of the devil, uh, describing him as a devouring lion. The apostle Paul did. He wrote a spiritual warfare and our need to wear spiritual armor to fend off the attacks of Satan. Martin Luther, the great reformer, did, wrote about Satan frequently in his hymns and and in his other writings. C.S. Lewis, that great thinker from the last century, did. He once wrote in regard to the question of the reality of Satan, Every square inch of this planet is claimed by Christ and counterclaimed by Satan. So out in that wilderness, there's a real war going on. Jesus was there to do battle with the evil one. Interestingly, unlike the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, Mark spends no time describing the specifics of the temptations that Jesus faced. He just says he was tempted by Satan. Perhaps Mark is intentionally letting our imaginations go to work as we think about our own temptations. We've all had them. Temptations to not trust God, to call into question God's motives and character, his will and love and wisdom for our lives. Temptations to give into disobedience happens to every one of us in a host of ways. The bottom line is always, am I going to choose to do life God's way or not? Am I going to trust and obey him or not? And in this story of Jesus' temptation we learn that Jesus knows exactly what we're going through as human beings because he went through those things too. Finally, Mark tells us angels ministered to Jesus out there. They were not there to keep Jesus from being tested by Satan, just as they wouldn't keep him from the cross itself. But these heavenly messengers ministered to Jesus, perhaps with words of assurance that his father loved him, or they might have even provided food and drink for him like the angel did for the prophet Elijah in that Old Testament story when Elijah was in the wilderness in 1 Kings 19. So as you can see, we're witnessing a very serious battle taking place here. It's a bit of a cliffhanger. How will Jesus do? Our future depends on how he does out there, you know, in the wilderness, when you think about it. Matthew and Luke's Gospels tell us Jesus didn't give in and he won the battle and Satan departed from him. But Mark does not mention that. It's as if he wants us to see that this opening conflict with Satan was just the beginning. It would continue all the way through his ministry right up to the cross and grave. He never departs. He'd continue his attacks, tempting Jesus to step away from God's plan. Through Peter's rebuke in Mark 8, he would be there in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus will pray as he sees the cross looming ahead, Father, take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not my will, but thy will be done. Then he'll turn his face towards his crucifixion to fulfill God's plan to save us from sin and death and the power of the devil. His death on our behalf provides forgiveness for sin and a restored relationship with God. And eternal life. Satan is beaten in this battle and ultimately later on, cross and grave. As a teacher of mine once said, at the cross, Jesus might have been crucified, but Satan got nailed. (laughs) This Jesus is really something, isn't he? Now, remember that we're doing a little series entitled Jesus Is, filling in the blank with a word each week that scripture teaches us about him. Last week, it was Jesus is God's son. So today we complete our Jesus is statement with the word strong. Jesus is strong. I mean, look at what he went through and accomplished. Look at his victory. And that is really good news for you and me because Satan's still on the attack in our world today. Yeah, it's true, Jesus has won the war over sin and death and the devil, but we are still in the midst of mop-up operations in this world of ours. He'll continue trying to ruin people's lives until the final day when he's destroyed, once and for all. Satan still works to keep the unbeliever in Jesus confused, for instance. Keep him faithless, filling people's heads with all kinds of misinformation that drives them away from Christ and keeps them under his thumb. And believers continue to face Satan's temptations thrown our way as well. We're still in the wilderness, you see. On our way to the promised land, heaven. And we're in a war zone. As we follow Jesus, the moment you were baptized into Jesus Christ, you entered the war zone. So how does he carry out his attacks? He's very creative. He still tempts us in a whole variety of ways. Sometimes he tempts us during times of hardship and suffering and illness, chronic pain, a financial crisis, the sudden death of a loved one, or we observe unexplained tragedies going on around us in the world, it's then that he whispers in our ear, are you sure God can be trusted and that he loves you? How could he let this happen to you? It doesn't look like he loves you to me. I think you should give up on him. Sometimes he subtly sneaks up on us with promises of pleasures we can enjoy if we just ignore God's instructions and do life his way. His way, Satan's way. It's harmless, he'll say. No one will know. You deserve a little pleasure and excitement in your life. Or he'll breed dissatisfaction in us by causing us to compare our lives with others who have more, filling us with a sense of being shorted by God, making us jealous and covetous, thus driving us to focus our lives on attaining more, more possessions, more success and recognition. And suddenly they've become idols that we unconsciously serve and worship instead of God. And, and then we're in dangerous territory. And he attempts to distract us and render us useless for serving Christ in the world. He gets us busy chasing after other priorities, worldly priorities, He calls into question the instruction of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God. He says, that can't be right. What about your well-being? First, take care of yourself. Then you'll have time to serve God's kingdom. So we're always and always will be under attack until our final breath. And we know from experience the sad truth. that it's all too easy for us to fall prey to his lies and deceptions and to give in. Now, why is that? Because we are weak. We are not his equal. Martin Luther teaches us in that opening hymn today, uh, Mighty Fortress, For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. So what are we who are weak to do? We turn to Jesus. We run to him who is strong. He will help us and strengthen us in our battle. As we see Jesus out in that wilderness being tempted by Satan, today I'm reminded of a passage from the New Testament book of Hebrews, which describes Jesus as our great high priest. It says, We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have a great high priest, Jesus, and he's defeated the power of sin and the devil and death. He's exalted by God. He stands with us as protector and preserver. Yes, we are weak, but we can turn to him confidently knowing that Jesus sympathizes with us and Jesus is strong. Stronger than anything. And in him, we are made strong. And one of the best ways to turn to him for his strength is the privilege of prayer. In our prayers, we seek his mercy and guidance and strength and all sufficient grace and find help for our weakness. As that old gospel hymn, What a Friend testifies, Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So I ask you, how is your prayer life these days? Are you staying connected to him who loves you? The strong one? Are you in touch with him daily, seeking his will on a daily basis? Is prayer an automatic reflex in your life or the last thing you try when all else fails? Prayer is so easy for us to put aside and forget, yet it's the most powerful tool we can have against temptation. Satan hates it when we pray. Now, if you're thinking about getting started and developing a strong prayer life, I encourage you to start today get started. I use a little acronym you might find helpful for my daily prayers. It's called ACTS. I begin with an A, which is adoration, a time of praising God for who he is, for his mercy and his might. Then I move to C, which is my confession time. Lord, I'm sorry for not loving you with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and my neighbor as myself. And then I move to T, which is Thanksgiving, thanking Him for the cross and forgiveness and His promises and all He's provided me. And then I finally get to the S, which is for supplication, which simply means asking Him. I ask for His kingdom to come and His will to be done in this world and in my life. And I bring loved ones in need for His help and healing. I ask for strength to obey and walk in His ways and witness for Him more boldly. I seek His guidance. I commend my little axe acronym to you. It's helped me so much along the way. Sometimes when I'm overwhelmed by life, though I still find myself saying just this, help me, Jesus, and he does. I'm no expert on prayer by any means, but I tell you this, I don't know where I would be these days without it and without him. Through it, I am strengthened to fight the good fight. The Lord is faithful. So back to our theme. Jesus is. This story makes it so very clear. Jesus is strong. We are weak. And we're under attack. Every day. There is one who is out to destroy our faith. To do us in. But Jesus. Is so strong. He defeated the power of sin and the power of death and the power of the devil he's the victorious one so i encourage you don't be tempted to go it alone in life trust him turn to him daily in prayer stick closely to him every moment as if your life depends on it because you know what It does. Amen.
3: What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear to God and pray.
1: Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the strength that is ours to have in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our friend and Lord. Help us to trust in him every day. Amen. Now may the grace and presence of our risen Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and give you peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. We are grateful for God's continued blessings and faithfulness to this ministry for the past 84 years. And we're excited to lift up His name, point people to Jesus Christ, and stand boldly on His Word. And we ask you to prayerfully consider how you might partner with us in support of this ministry. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part to our ministry. Please consider a final gift to Christian Crusaders as part of your estate planning. For more information on how you can make an estate gift, a legacy donation, or a non-cash gift, call us at 319- 277-0924, Two seven seven zero nine two four, and request advice from one of our trusted Christian finance experts at no cost to you. Call our office or visit our website today at christiancrusaders.org. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. Memorial gifts are a great way to remember loved ones. Donor gifts are published in our quarterly newsletter mailings and have become a meaningful way to remember your loved ones. Our Gem Club, a gift every month club, is a great way to support this ministry. 10 20 or $50 every month is rarely missed from your monthly budget, but can make a significant difference to the future of this ministry. Go to our website and become a Gem Club member today. Homer Larson had a 51-year history as Christian Crusaders' lead preacher. It was Homer's dream to establish a perpetual fund that would receive large gifts to Christian Crusaders as to build up a fund to cover operating expenses. We now offer the official Christian Crusaders Perpetual Fund that receives gifts of $20,000 or more in honor of Homer and Eunice Larson. We invite you to learn more about this fund. Go to our website at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Today's service was conducted by Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting and podcasting biblical truth since 1936.
1: Hi, I'm Matt Reister, Executive Director of Christian Crusaders, and I want to invite you to listen to our other content on three free podcasts. First, the CC Broadcast podcast features all our broadcasts, even going back to many of Pastor Homer Larson's sermons. Second, the CC podcast Daily Dose Devotions is where we're walking through the Bible each day. And third, the CC podcast Conversations feature my interviews with inspiring Christians, including former Iowa Hawkeye and current lineman for the Buffalo Bills, Ike Butker. These free podcasts are available at our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, on the Christian Crusaders app for your mobile devices, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.